Blog Talk Radio.
All right, we are back. Had to had to take care of a little technical difficulty. So hope y'all like that little that little rap beat. You know, I got I got all kinds of stuff on here. You know, I got I got hey, hey, y'all old school Madden voice people. Check this one out. Got a lot of stuff, but the main one I want to play for everybody tonight is this one right here. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Yeah, we gotta hear that one more time. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? And before we bring on K Star, hello. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Get out. There you go. Okay, that's the sound bites for tonight. Let's bring on the man. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I almost, I almost gave uh, K-Star the Dr. Train introduction. <laughs> One of the best Madden players in the world. Uh, Madden Nation Season 4 contestant. And the, and the new, now two-week-old uh, daddy himself, K-Star. Welcome to the Madden Voice. Happy to be here. Oh, fellas. What's going on? Hey, good to have yeah. you. And, and, and I don't know, I don't think you caught the intro, but uh, JB surprised us. And his home in Bristol, so we are actually co-hosting live once again. Oh, very nice, very very nice. Happy What's to hear. Going that. on, K-Star. Big pop. Going on, JP. Hey man, two weeks, two weeks in this thing. Uh, it's yeah. going. I'll tell you that much. It's going 24 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Enjoy it. Before you know it, she'll be she'll be uh, driving. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Woo. So, uh, Dr. Train will be joining us uh, momentarily. He did let me know he was running a little late, but he will be joining us. Um, so let's let's you know, there's a lot to talk about, but let's kind of start with kind of the news for today. Uh, coming off of Black Monday, there was a lot of coach firings and 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 that kind of stuff. But one of the one of the big news stories of yesterday was the suspension of, and I personally like uh, Cam Newton's nickname for him, Donkey Kong Sue, um, being suspended. And, you know, we were going to talk about whether or not the suspension was justified or warranted. And uh, we have discovered today that they have lifted the suspension, uh, much to my dismay. Uh, and he will be playing, and, and, and he was fined $70,000. I don't know if the fine was in place of the suspension or in addition, uh, you know, whether I, I don't know how that is, but I know he's being fined. Grand. Uh, but he will be playing Sunday afternoon for the Detroit Lions. Uh, as they travel to AT&T uh, Stadium to play the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, uh, JB, let me ask you first, because you had had some thoughts about this when we talked yesterday. Uh, number one, did you think the suspension was warranted? And two, do you think the lifting of the suspension is warranted? Well, I, I think, one, the uh, the suspension is, is what it should have been. You had the, uh, the center for the Riola. Was suspended the full game, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago, I believe, or a week ago or something like that. And basically it was for the same play or a very similar play. 
and the fact that this suspension has been lifted, I, I, I tend to disagree with that. I think that this is not coming from the homer side. This is just putting on a consistency hat, if you will. Suspended for Riola, suspension for Riola, I think a suspension was warranted for Sue, and they the ones for Riola was maintained. I think the ones for Sue should have been maintained also. Now I understand it's the playoffs, and I know some of that may have been taken into consideration. But, again, when you're taking a look at the history of Sue and what he's done in the past, uh, that's got to be taken into account, and it, it should have stand. It, it should have uh, been a full one-game suspension, and shouldn't have been an appeal whatsoever. It should have been what it was, and that's it. And, and again, not coming from a homer side, coming from a consistency side. You take a look at his background. You take a look. He's done it again. Suspend him. No appeal. He's out for one game. Period. Okay, star. Take away your dislike of the Cowboys for a minute. And um, what do you think? Was the suspension justified and was the lifting of the suspension justified? I guess it's kind of, you know, you can't really have the same answer to both questions. But what are your thoughts on the suspension and the holding of the suspension? I think history justifies the suspension. But if you're in favor of unions and the Players Association, then you also have to be in favor of the appeal, uh, you know, and, and being lifted uh, as far as consistency sake goes because – that's what they're here for, or that's what they're there for, to look out for the players. And that's exactly what happened for Sue. Um, I didn't read the whole thing. I just, again, know kind of the big details that the suspension's been lifted. And um, while it – I wouldn't call it unfortunate because I have no, you know, stake in that in that race. But um, I, I'm happy to see that it was lifted just from a fan standpoint. I've seen a competitive game. I feel like the lines without Sue aren't, aren't, aren't – we don't have much of a chance. So happy to see it, uh, the suspension itself. I feel it was warranted, but i got to agree with it being lifted as well because, again, Players Association. Well, I, well, all right. I don't, I don't understand how you can have – you can agree that he was suspended and then agree that it was lifted. I, I, I disagree with the process that's in place for them. I mean, it, it kind of is what it is. Like, yeah, he should have been suspended, but then again, the Players Association is there for a reason. So I get it. Well, yeah, yeah, there for a reason, but that doesn't actually mean every, every appeal is granted. Um, the, the, the process allows you to appeal. I don't have a problem with that, but I have a problem with the fact that, and I'll just speak on it now, um, watch the video. If anybody thinks that this guy didn't do that on purpose, they're delusional. And so the, the, the penalty for that is 70 grand because you did it on purpose. When originally when you assessed it, it was suspension for a game. You had a similar incident not that long ago, and you suspended somebody. Now this happens. You suspend them. Now you're consistent. He appeals. Someone probably whispers playoffs, right? And now all of a sudden you pull a suspension. I don't agree with that. You, if, if you weren't going to, if you didn't suspend them initially and you said, fine, fine, I'd live with it. But since you came out initially, Merton Hanks, with a ruling of suspension, and when you watch the video, it is, there is not a, there is not a, 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 a there's no visual evidence of anything other than an intent to do what he did. Anybody, anybody walking and you walk backwards on something that you didn't expect is going to react in a different way than what he did. Anybody, whether it's a little kid, whether it's a grown folk, grown person, you walk backwards and you hit something you weren't expected, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to jump. You're going to, you're going to make some kind of movement. He didn't even flinch, didn't look, and instead took a second step. I mean, I mean if that doesn't deserve suspension and i don't know what does i you don't know, know. And, uh, if you look at the feet if you look at the feet absolutely it looks 
100% intentional and everything else, and I still think it, it probably was. But if he you doesn't even look at the down. top half, he doesn't even, if you look at the top half, you see TJ. No, 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 I know. I'm saying if you watch the replay from the top up, you actually see TJ Lang holding Sue's jersey back, which actually caused him to fall back the first or take a step back the first time. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I agree that he probably took the next step on purpose because obviously he felt something. But that initial step definitely was accidental. You can see, again, he him being uh, he, out of bit. He never looked. No, he, he didn't. Initial step was an accident. Then why didn't he look to see what he was stepping on? It could have been his own teammate if it was an accident. Oh, yeah, I agree. Right? Could have been, it could have been one of his own people. Could have been a referee if it was an accident. He didn't even look. So that leads me to believe he knew exactly who he was stepping on. And why that and, – and, again, I don't care if he plays or not. I, he's, he's, he's a first in the middle. I'm okay with Travis Frederick taking him on. I think we'll be okay. I think it'll be a good battle. So I'm okay with that. I, 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 you know, bring him. Bring, go ahead and get Nick Fairley, Fairley in there too. You know, bring your best because I, I feel we got a good chance in this game. So whatever. I'm just saying from a fairness standpoint, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous. And I'm, and I'm shocked because it's Aaron Rodgers. He's the golden boy. I mean, this is the face of the NFL right now. If you had to pick one person, you know, I think we've seen the transition kind of from, you know, Tom Brady to Peyton Manning to I think Aaron Rodgers based age and the I think Aaron Rodgers is the face of the NFL right now. And I'm really surprised that, you know, usually your golden boy is protected. And I'm really surprised that they, they overturned the suspension. I'm, I'm stunned. I would have never guessed it. I knew he was out. But, um, Honestly, I was shocked to see it uh, lifted the suspension as well. I was like, "Oh wow, really?" Oh, I, 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 if you had bet me, I mean, the only, the only, the only thing I did say to my brother yesterday was playoff game. They might lift it because of playoff game. That was the only thing, because this isn't like week five. You know, this is it. You lose, you go home. And someone probably said, "Look, you know, find them and let them be at full strength." Don't don't cripple them for this game. This is playoffs. I, I, I tend to think that's the only that's the only thing I can think of that, that would justify it because his actions don't justify lifting. And they say they don't take into account track record, which I think is ridiculous. Why wouldn't you? That's a lie. That's, that's a lie. And, and I think don't they should, honestly, anyway. They, they, absolutely, they absolutely should. They absolutely, without a doubt, should take away track uh, – should consider uh, track record. Um, yeah. You know. Because, I mean, this guy's, you know, for over $400,000 in fines from personal files and these type of infractions, you know, and he's a free agent after this year. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think it's fair, but, um, hey, you know what? I, I, you know, in a way, something in me says, yeah, bring him. Because I don't want to hear the haters out yeah, there. Yeah, you don't want the excuses. Yeah, I don't want no excuses. Oh, well, we were, you know, you got lucky because Donkey Kong Sue wasn't playing, you know. No, bring them yeah. on. But I, I like I like I like the Cowboys' chances. But let's talk about um, let's switch let's switch it a little bit now. Um, let's talk about your Steelers. Um, you know, and and and, and I got to say, Kesar, you know, you and I disagree on a lot of things, and I'm sure we're going to disagree on a lot of things tonight. But the one thing I will say is your Steelers are looking really good. I, I mean, I mean, it, it it is to me, it is like I'm looking at the Cowboys in the AFC. They look as dangerous and as scary of a team to play as my Cowboys in the NFC. They really look like the team that nobody should want to play. I got I to gotta tell you, I watched the game against Cincinnati for that purpose. I said, let me sit here, watch these boys, watch K-Star's boys. Like, you know, and I sat there, like, focused, like, really watching things that I don't normally watch, that I watch from my team, that I don't really watch with other teams. And I really put on 
I like coach head coach classes. I watch execution. I watch intensity. I got to tell you, man, your, your boys are playing. Your boys are playing some football. I cannot, I can't dog you right now. Your boys are playing some football. Um, so that that there's your one compliment for tonight. You may not, you may not get any more, but there's your. But I got to ask you, what's the latest on Bell? I'm hearing mixed stories. You know, hyperextension of knee. What's the latest on him? Uh, first of all, I appreciate it. I think the uh, com- comparison is a good one to the Cowboys. They actually are kind of like the Cowboys of the uh, AFC. Um, the defense has gotten better. And, I mean, you know, obviously we both have three, fin- uh, two fantastic trios. Uh, as far as Le'Veon Bell goes, um, the latest, again, it- it's a mixed bag. Uh, you know, you hear that he has a chance to play. Tomlin himself did not rule him out. Um, but I think the signing of Ben Tate, uh, suggest there's a it's, it's likely uh, Bell will be out because let me tell you something Ben Tate he's a good runner but what the hell I mean the guys gonna have five or like a few days just to swallow his playbook so I mean it, I don't think you would sign a player this late into into it uh, without you know there being some trepidation and some caution and expecting him not to play but we'll see I personally hope that he sits uh, I mean I say that now but. You look at some players who, who come back too soon from injury, um, RG3 particularly stands out to me, uh, and, you know, damaging their careers. And that's actually something what Tomlin said was that they're not going to rush him back if he has a chance to severely hurt or to make the uh, injury worse and, and compound the, the injury further. So um, it sucks, man. It really sucks. It's, I don't well, think it, was, it was a very scary moment uh, Sunday night when that happened anyway. So. so here's the question, though. You said you kind of hope he sits because you're looking at longevity. You're looking at his yeah. career, and I and I understand that that part of it. But you guys got a playoff game. I mean, you know, you got a playoff game against a division rival. You know, um, you know, and and yeah, you're right. You're bringing in Ben Tate, which I think was a smart move. He was probably the best free agent uh, out there that you could get. Um, yeah. Still, I think he still got some gas in his tank, frankly. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. Uh, so I think it was a good move. It's an insurance policy. If Bell can't play, you've got a guy that's that's had some very productive games in his career um, in that division as well. Um, you know, he played for Cleveland and whatnot. But yeah. um, do you think? I mean, let's be honest now. Put the, take your Homer hat off for a second. How does not having Bell affect your chances, Saturday? Well, it affects him dramatically. Uh, unfortunately for us, I mean, Le'Veon Bell is. Arguably, uh, the top back in the league, and and you know him and Demarco Murray have been doing their thing this year. And the thing about Bell is, what he brings to Steelers is he brings the safety down in the box, um, and he's a, such a threat, uh, especially in the passing game. And you know, as good a runner Ben Tate is, and um, even if the team believes in Josh Harris, you know, it's going to take a committee to try and, and replicate Bell's production. Still, I don't, I'm not confident in, in that will happen. The only uh, thing I will say that's hopeful is that at least the Steelers are playing one of the worst secondaries in the league. So I think they're going to lean on Ben um, like they have really all year uh, to lead the passing attack. But one of the best weapons uh, in the league is gone for us, and that's crippling. But I like the matchup at least. I consider the situation, the opponent, I don't mind uh, with it being the case. But I'm definitely, definitely worried um, about still Saturday regardless because, again, Le'Veon Bell's loss is massive if he's not going to play. So, I mean, he's the team MVP. Let me ask you this. As a Steeler fan, how do you feel about the fact that LeGarrette Blount is gone and that, you know, could have been, I mean, this this right here, I think you would have felt a lot better 
if you had Blunt as your backup ready to play Saturday versus a Ben Tate coming in and who well who's now Ben Tate would probably be your third. Who's your second back? Who's your backup now? Uh, Josh Harris. And he's played like just very few snaps this season. Okay. So I mean and you gotta tell me because I know there was some locker room stuff and I know that there was some other stuff. So looking back on it, do you still support the decision for Blunt to be gone or do you wish Blunt was there now? I support Blunt being gone only if we actually had filled Blunt's shoes with a Ben Tate a few weeks earlier. I don't know why we waited so long. So, gotcha. you know, it's like, if it, listen, I mean, when you lose with Garrett Blunt, that you're losing a, a really good running back still. And we didn't do anything to try to replace it. We just said, let's, let's you know, go ahead with what we got and hope we don't get anyone injured. Well, guess what? Now we have someone injured, and now we have to rush Ben Tate into the playbook and hope that he can, you know, make some plays for us on Saturday if Wagan doesn't play. So, not very smart. JV, put on your Mike Tomlin hat. One, what you know, and I know personally that you've had a lot of injuries in your career, your athletic career. Um, based on what you know and what you've heard, do you play well? Number one, and number two, your chances with Bell on the sideline and Ben Tate coming in, possibly. I mean, let's 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 be honest here. Ben Tate can be your starting running back Saturday. I mean, this is a veteran, and this is a guy who's had some very productive games. I don't know how close the system is to what he ran most recently. Um, so that's how fast he can get the playbook, or how fast they can simplify some of their main heavy running plays for him to get him in there. But I would think that Ben Tate probably comes in with a higher pedigree than who you got now. I didn't even know who your back running back was. Um, um, but anyway, let me ask you first, and then I can ask you some stuff. Jay, with all of that said, said, would you play Bell? And what are their chances to sit Bell? Well, if he's clear medically to play, I would play him. Um, and you don't necessarily have to have him as what we would consider a feature back. You can always design plays that uh, play action pass, if you will, would probably be a little bit more prevalent than it has been in, the, in prior games something to lessen the workload so you don't have any more damage done to that knee. When I initially saw it, I thought he tore his PCL, which and, and the way he was hit is one of the few ways to tear a PCL, the direct hit to the front of the knee in the PCL. For those that don't know about the anatomy of the knee, it's the ligament that's basically in the back behind the ACL. It's, of the four major ligaments, is the one that's probably the least affected. You have the MCL, LCL, ACL, those are the ones that affect the most often, PCL the least. Uh, with all that being said, if he is medically clear to play, you play him. If he's on the bench, the chances of the Steelers winning obviously goes down quite a bit. Uh, Bell is, is an overall better back than Tate, and that's not to take anything away from Tate. He's he's a good between-the-tackles runner. He doesn't have the breakaway speed of Bell. I don't think he is uh, the hands that Bell has, although he can catch the ball out of the back from, from time to time, and he is a, a pretty good blocker, especially when it comes up and picking up the blitz packages. Uh, but your, your chances of winning do go down when you go from Bell to uh, to Tate. So hopefully they, they can play Bell and then Tate maybe can handle the workload so you get a little bit of best of both worlds to um, to help not nullify the, the injury that, that Bell had. Yeah, okay. I think that, uh, real quick, I think Ben Tate gets the addition to, to us will be in the passing game as far as being a blocker goes because 
Uh, the, the interception Ben threw, we had Tree Archer um, blocking, and he's not very good in pass protection. Now there's Josh Harris, and uh, uh, I, I think that'll be his biggest contribution for the Steelers. And Ben takes a good back, but um, you know I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic with, to see what he can do. But uh, you know I don't expect a whole lot. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting. I think Bell wants to play, and uh, I think if there's anything in his power to get him on the field, he's going to do everything in his power to get him on the field. I actually felt for the young man sitting on the sideline when they had him on the athletic training table, and, uh, you know, he had that look in his face, like, you know, hoping that it wasn't. um, And and, and we're thankful as football people uh, that it wasn't more serious. You know, certainly as a football person, you don't want to see that kind of injury to any anybody in the league, particularly, um, you know, arguably um, one of the better backs. And, well, that's not arguable. That's actually true. He is one of the better backs in the league. Um, I still say he's two behind DeMarco Murray, but that's just my opinion. Um, but he's a very talented back, and you want him to have a nice career. So, um, you know, yeah. and I will say, you, you kind of want to see teams at their peak right now. You know, you want to yeah. see teams as healthy as possible, Um you know, and, and, and I didn't always used to feel that way, but I kind of do now. You know, I'm kind of sitting there saying, okay, let's go. Let's strap up and let's go. And let's see what we got. It's playoff time. Let's roll, you know. Uh, for those Definitely of you out agree. there listening, 347-838-9525, 347-838-9525. Facebook is um, facebook.com backslash the Madden Voice. And uh, Twitter is at the Madden Voice. And you can catch us on any of those forms of social media. And, uh, you know, if you like the show, tell a friend. Uh, if you don't like the show, well, then uh, I guess too bad. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. So I was kind of hoping that Dr. Train would have joined us by now, but he hasn't. So we're going to just – we're going to keep going. And, uh, all right, let's talk MVP. Um, well, before we go on, before we go on, I, I just want to say that while Train is here, it's appropriate because the Bears have missed the playoffs, and I guess Train is missing the playoff show as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, that's cold and 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 you know of course when he comes on we're gonna tell him you said that and then you have to deal with Trent. <laughs> that's all i'm saying so all right let's talk let's talk mvp and uh let's start with you k star because i'm very curious um your vote if you not regular season's over this is it we we've played all the games it's done and who would you pick as your NFL MVP? Uh, well, I would love to put my homer hat on and say either Big Ben or, or Le'Veon Bell, but I think the Steelers have too many candidates. Um, Peyton Manning, this isn't his year for MVP, finally. Uh, and for me, it, it leaves uh, a few a few uh, viable candidates. It, it leaves DeMarco Murray for me. I know you have a different opinion on that. It leaves... Uh, Tom Brady and Lee Aaron Rodgers, and uh, I'm going to have to lean on Rodgers only because I feel like the pieces around Rodgers aren't as strong as the others, and uh, the seeding in which Aaron Rodgers led the Packers to this season, uh, which was the number two seed in the NFC, uh, he, he had a tremendous year, and, you know, that defense definitely improved, but beginning of the year, it was pretty bad. Everyone was running all over that defense. They are trying to find their way, and they eventually moved Clay Matthews to middle linebacker, but all in all, I mean, again, Aaron Rodgers led that team uh, to where it was this season. Had a terrific year, uh, 38 touchdowns, five interceptions. That's absolutely absurd. Uh, so I got to give it to Aaron Rodgers this season. Okay, Aaron Rodgers. One vote for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, JB, 
Who is your NFL MVP? All right, call me a homer, but I'm going with Romo, and it's for the, it was uh, Rodgers and Romo. And the first thing I thought of was, what happens when you take out those two and you put in the backups? And I think with Matt Flynn being a, a formidable backup in Green Bay, and then we've already seen what, what Whedon can do with the Cowboys, I think one can easily say that the Packers would have a, a better chance of winning a football game with Flynn than they would with Whedon. You take a look at what Romo's done just in the month of December, going 4-0 when in previous years, December would be the the antagonistic month, if you will, where you would see the Cowboys fail and fall and fail to get into the playoffs. But because of the performance of Romo and what he's been able to do with that team down the stretch, I would give him the edge simply because of that. I think he is the most valuable player out there when you take a look at what he brings to the table. Okay, we got one vote for Romo and one vote for Rodgers. So first, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you who's gonna win, and I'm gonna tell you who's gonna win. Aaron Rodgers will win MVP. Period. He's gonna win. He's a face of the NFL. He's gonna win MVP. And if he doesn't, I will be stunned. Um, let me first say why it is not Demarco Murray. And I hear all of the arguments for Demarco Murray. Demarco Murray had an incredible year. You know, 1,845 yards, a, a Dallas Cowboy record. Um, you know, uh, uh, played all 16 games, 392 carries. We on this show debated whether he could hold up for 16 games at that pace, carried the ball 400 times. He has done that, and uh, based on what we saw in Washington, he still looks 20 carries, 100 yards, plus a few receptions, plus picking up blitzes. He still looks good. He still looks fresh. After ready. breaking his hand, yeah. After breaking his hand. Got to give him credit. He is a significant part of the contribution to the team. But significant part of the contribution doesn't mean MVP. And when you look at what Romo does and when Romo does it, and you look at the team without Romo, because the team without Murray versus the team without Romo, it's two different teams. And, you know, they had Murray against Arizona. And lost. They had Murray against Washington and lost. They had Rome, They had Murray in game one against San Francisco where he rushed for over 100 yards and lost because Romo threw three interceptions. Romo is the one who leads and carries this team. This team goes as Romo goes, not as Murray goes. And, you know, a lot of people debate that, but there really is no debate. <laughs> the four losses, I can explain every one of them and why they lost. And, and, and at least two of those losses, Murray still had, had over 100 yards. So we've got to understand what Romo means to this team. The other thing is when people talk about, um, you know, Romo has more weapons and Romo has more this. And, well, Romo finished the year number one in cute, cute quarterback rating. Why do we have quarterback rating if it doesn't mean anything? What's the point of having a rating where, where actually Aaron Rodgers led the league for most of the year until the last two weeks where Romo just kind, of, just kind of sprung right by him, okay? Rating takes into consideration all the things that a quarterback does, that the quarterback is responsible for, and Romo is number one in the NFL. Not only is he number one in the NFL, he has the highest quarterback rating ever, ever as a Dallas Cowboy, by far. The highest rating before that was 104 by Roger Staubach. So 
We're talking about a guy who hasn't won a Super Bowl, who has one playoff win, right? That's what everybody says. And we're talking about two other starting quarterbacks in Dallas history that have five Super Bowls between them. And Romo's quarterback rating, quarterback rating now, I'm not talking about number of touchdowns or number of yards thrown, but his rating, overall quarterback effectiveness and efficiency, is higher, significantly higher than anything that Troy Aikman or Roger Staubach ever did. And Aikman had Emmett Smith, and Staubach had Tony Dorsett. Aikman had um, um, Drew Pearson. Both of them had stout defenses, too, and won five Super Bowls. And Romo outdoes them, has outdone them in, I mean, pretty much is rewriting the Dallas Cowboy record book, but that has nothing to do with MVP voting. That's just a little side thing I'll throw in there. This would be the year. If Romo doesn't win it this year, he's never going to win it. This is the year that his performance should speak loud. I'm not saying it's clear cut. Aaron Rodgers had an incredible year. <laughs> and I honestly can't get mad if Aaron Rodgers wins it because he's had an incredible year. I'd have to say, okay, yep, I got no problem with that. But anybody other than Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, I'd be happy if DeMarco Murray won it. I'd be happy because he's a cowboy. But I don't think, he, I don't think he's the league MVP. I think uh, Tony Romo is the league MVP. You know, and, and we talked about this last week, um, the pressure to be the Dallas Cowboy quarterback, the pressure that Romo was under going into December, knowing the history of this team in December. And what did they do in December? 4-0. and 12 touchdowns, one interception. You know, 40 points a game on offense. More than 40 points a game. More like 42 points a game on offense. The best December ever. I mean, and there's so many other statistics that, that aren't volume statistics that we can look at that are efficiency and performance at the right time. And when you measure fourth quarter performance and that kind of stuff, Romo comes out above everybody in the NFL. So for those reasons, Romo, to me, is the NFL MVP. But I'm going to tell you now, Aaron Rodgers is going to win it. Um, I don't even know if Romo will come in second, to be honest with you. I think that there is a general conception that Romo and Murray are stealing votes from each other. And so, and so with that being the, 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 the perception out there, um, I, I think we're going to see um, Rodgers. We're going to see another quarterback number two, maybe Manning, maybe Brady. I'd say more Brady, probably number two. It should be Brady I mean, or Manning. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I'd say J.J. Watt's going to get some votes. Uh, which, frankly, I'm sorry, I love J.J. Watt as a player. Love him. I think he's the best defensive player in the NFL, hands down. Not even close. There's not even a close second. But I watch Lawrence Taylor play. I watch Reggie White play. You know, I've watched people do the things that he's done, and these guys have done it on teams that were 12-4 and four and 13-3, and three, that their performance significantly, significantly contributed to why their teams went to the playoffs and went to the Super Bowl. Well, J.J. Watt, while he's had the accolades, scoring touchdowns and, you know, all that good stuff, the team didn't make the playoffs. So it's hard for me to sit here and say he deserves yeah. an MVP when your team didn't even make the playoffs. you got to get to the playoffs. I'm sorry. you get, you got to at least get to the playoffs, my opinion. Um, but the guy's, you know, he's a phenom. I'd take him in a second. <laughs> you know, there's nobody on my defense that I would keep over J.J. Watt. The guy's, the guy's insane. Every day, every day I wake up and I just wish JJ Watt was a Steeler. I gotta be honest. <laughs> Seriously, it's like God, that guy's so damn good. 
He's so dominant. He's awesome. But, yeah, he can't win MVP because I agree with that. Uh, you got to at least make the playoffs to be the MVP of the NFL. Um, and the thing with Romo has been absolutely on fire this season, definitely uh, his best season in my eyes and yours as well, it sounds like. Uh, yes. But the the thing with Romo, not, not even with Romo, the thing with the Cowboys, for me, the only reason why I don't think Romo will get it or, or should get it if he does, it's just the fact that when I look at the Cowboys, to me, the, the biggest strength is their offensive line. And for me, right or wrong, I feel like a vote for DeMarco Murray is also a vote for their offensive line. And also, to me, it's a vote it kind of stamping what the, the team was this year. I mean, third in rushing attempts, 31st in passing attempts. And Romo did the most with those passing attempts that you could ask a quarterback to do and then some. But, you know, so did DeMarco Murray. And, and that, you know, the team was more run-oriented than passing-oriented, clearly. Um, and I do think the biggest problem with them is they're both deserving, but, you know, they're going to take votes away from one another. And, um, and then that'll be, the, again, like you said, their biggest issue as far as winning it is concerned. Yeah, and, you know, and, and it's funny because Romo's cute quarterback to touchdown ratio this year was almost identical to last year. And yet DeMarco Murray ran for 975 yards last year. You know, so, I mean, you know, I, I get people saying – the run game, the run game, the run game. But when you watch, when you actually watch the Cowboy game and Romo is asked to deliver at crunch time, he's asked to make the third and 17 play, that kind of stuff. He's making those this year. Cowboys hit the highest third down conversion rate in the NFL. That's not DeMarco Murray. That's Tony Romo. You know, it's stats like that that have me saying he's the league MVP, even though he's not going to win. Aaron Rodgers is going to win. I just have no doubt about it. But it's it's things like that that that's why I argue with people when they say Murray, Murray, Murray. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You know where was where Murray had a hundred and I want to say thirty something yards in Game One against San Francisco. But Romo threw three picks in that game. They got the tails kicked in. The team runs. Romo runs. It doesn't. Murray is is an incredible year. As a Cowboy running back, I'm taking anything away. Well, one of the best years ever, quite frankly, for a running back in my eyes. Not taking anything away from it. Not taking anything away from his performance. Not saying he doesn't deserve the consideration. Not saying that people on the outside looking into the Cowboys don't have a a a, a, a valid opinion that Murray should be the MVP. But when you look at it from the inside, I listen to the Cowboys shows and the podcasts and the people that cover the, the team every day, the, the, the writers that travel, that work for the Dallas Cowboy organization. I listen to these guys every day. There's, not, there's no debate down in, in, in Dallas. Jerry Jones came right out and said, Jerry Jones, DeMarco Murray is invaluable to this team, but Tony Romo is our MVP. I mean, you know, and now why would the owner say that? I mean, he, both of them are his players. Both money he invested. <laughs> well, right. But, but look at it this way. Wouldn't it be better to say they're both our MVPs? Wouldn't, it be, wouldn't he say something more politically correct? Like, you know, I thought he should have said that because right. you can't really argue that either. But, but the reason he said it is because it's the truth. Because everybody in Dallas knows this. This is no secret to the Dallas Cowboy organization. This is no secret to the people that really follow the team from the inside and know what's going on. Romo is the team. But you know, you, you listen to NFL Network and all these shows, follow them from the outside, and they're going to say, well, DeMarco Murray, DeMarco Murray, you know, look at the year, look at the offensive line. Well, okay. Yeah. And, and changing philosophy as well. Because oh, last it, year, 
as great as uh, Roma was, they were a passing team, and it, it it's undeniable. Let me, let me teach you. Let me teach you. It wasn't a change in philosophy. It was the fact that this is where Dallas had been wanting to go, didn't have the talent to go there. Dallas always wanted to do it this way, didn't have the talent. So when you don't have okay. the talent, you have to change the game plan. But Jason Garrett came from the 90s. Jason Garrett was Troy Aikman's backup. Jason Garrett was taught this same method that won three Super Bowls in the 90s. Just didn't have the personnel to do it. And so uh, I'm, not just, I'm, not, I'm not going to dispute that. I'm just saying as far as what they were able to do uh, from right. a personnel standpoint, you know, it, it completely well, this changed. Year able, this year they were able to execute the plan that has been in place for many years. This year they were able – if you watch the games, they really did the same thing they did every year, except this year on first down, Murray could get six yards. Last year he would get three. You know, this year on second down, Murray could get three yards. Now you're at third and one. Last year he'd get one. So now you're at third and six. It's a different game. Same plan, but now on third down, what are you going to do? Well, Romo has to pass when it's third and five or longer. This year – Romo's got options. He can pass, he can run, he can decide, he can call, he can do whatever he wants. And he's become a master at taking what the defense will give me. You want to put nine in the box now? Guess what? I'm going to Dez. Dez. You want to back <laughs> off, play safety high? I'm going to Dez. You want to pull back and play six or seven in the box? I'm going to pound. And Romo makes those decisions at the line. Romo handles that. So even though Murray's doing the running, the architecture of that is Tony Romo. I can't say that for every NFL team because I, I can tell you that, that that is Tony Romo. And that's why when you watch the interviews and all of that, everybody, but it always comes back to Romo. But, again, it's, a, it's really a point. I really think that Aaron Rodgers is going to win, and I honestly yeah. can't be mad. I can't be mad if Aaron Rodgers wins MVP. He's had an insane year with a suspect defense. He's battled injuries, um, an up-and-down running game. Eddie Lacy's been up and down. He's a good back, but, um, you know, hasn't, hasn't been consistent. Um, you know, they had to move Clay Matthews to side linebacker to help with their run defense. Um, you know, I, I can't argue with Aaron Rodgers. I just, for my money, and maybe it is a little homerism, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with admitting that. Homerism, homerism is okay. Um, I just looked at the switchboard. I don't know how long he's been there, but my apologies. But let me bring on our other co-host. And this is the ESPN winner. This is the man with the philosophy. The doctor is in the house, probably dancing a little jig now that they don't clean house over in Chicago. Dr. Train, welcome to the Madden Voice. What's up, fellas? Sorry for my tardiness, man. <laughs> it's okay, brother. It's okay. You know, yeah, life happens. Life happens. Glad to have you. Train. Going on. Yeah, I've 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 listened to quite a bit of the conversation for about a good five minutes or more. Um, okay. It sounded like you guys were discussing MVP. Who's your, um, who's your MVP? You, if you had one vote, um, just to recap, me and JB agree on Romo. Um, Case uh-huh. Star has Rodgers, and um, who's your MVP? Um, it's so easy to pick quarterbacks, man. When it comes to MVP. Um, but for me, uh, the one player that, that, that stand out and, and helped to make a difference for their team between this year and last year, for me, it would have to be DeMarco Murray. Yep. That's, that's just it for me. At least you're predictable. Huh? At least you're predictable. 
<laughs> hey, of course, I stay well, consistent, man. <laughs> hey, one thing, I, one thing I did say to me, voting for Demarco Murray is also like a vote for that offensive line. To me, the biggest strength of the Cowboys and with everything they do has been the offensive line for me. So I mean, you can't. It's five offensive linemen, sometimes six. Then you got the tight end, so you can't really pull one out of there. Uh, yeah. So the, the next best thing is uh, is definitely the running back. And I heard it, I heard everything everything that you said, T. And I don't I don't I don't disagree with I, I disagree with you in the sense of uh Tony Romo's importance, uh simply because um just you know, just a quick uh, a quick turn back the clock to last year, man, Tony Romo did every did everything. And um um you know, I still stand by stand by my argument of last week and we agreed to disagree, but um the, the run game is definitely helpful helpful for him this year, but he did do what he needed to do when he was called upon, and, and that that shouldn't be taken away from him at all. Um, but for me, I just I, I just like what the running game did for Dallas as a whole uh, in allowing them to win games and then get to twelve and four and, and win their division. Yeah, and and you know. You know, we did go into it last week, and like what I said on the show, and I've listened to the last two days because I'm on vacation, so I've had a lot of time to listen to virtually every sports show out there. <laughs> and, you know, the reality of it is, my conclusion is, is that when I listen to the Dallas Cowboys shows done by the Cowboy organization, there's no dispute in Dallas. If you ask him, Jerry Jones came out publicly and said, Tony Romo is our MVP. There's no dispute in Dallas that Tony Romo is what makes this ship run, period. Nobody in Dallas disputes it. Where the dispute lies is when you go outside of Dallas and people that are outside of the organization are looking in and they're looking at what they see and not understanding really how this machine is oiled. And how this machine is oiled is, even though DeMarco Murray had an insane year, I am not – this is my this is my running back, you know. I, I want to do my do my little to my little to. Uh, this is my running back, you know. I mean, um, he, he's had an insane year. The offensive line, we added our third number one pick, in, insane. But when you look at efficiency, when you look at clutch performance, you know that game winning drive, third downs. This year, Romo has been near perfect. This year, minus the San Francisco game, which I. You know, and, and you know, frankly, um, you know, yeah, he come, coming off of back surgery, didn't play much in the preseason. You know, not making excuses. It's just that's exactly what happened. But then they, re- but then what happened? They roll off six straight wins. And Demarco Murray had over 100 yards in that first game. You know, so there are games this year where Demarco Murray played well and Dallas lost. There are no games where Tony Romo played well and Dallas lost. And that's the biggest difference. When Tony Romo plays well, Dallas wins. When DeMarco Murray plays well, it helps Dallas win. And that's the biggest difference. And, you know, like I said before you came on train, if Murray were to win MVP, do you think I'm going to complain? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, if Murray wins MVP, I'm going to come on here uh, next week and I'm going to do like this. How about Tim Cowboy? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to sit here and argue, you know, but – you know, it's just it's it's an interesting discussion because it really mm-hmm. is, it is, it, it, you know, and I and I can kind of understand when you and I had our discussion about the Bears several weeks ago, and I can kind of now see where you were coming from because, you know, you're you're inside, 
this is what this is your team. You look at them very closely. Mm-hmm. You, you you know you you rip apart what they do. You know it intimately. I am on the outside, so I can kind of see your argument a little bit better now than I could then. That's how I feel about the Cowboys. Like I know this team. I know it. Right, right, and, um, I, and that, that's yeah. why I got from your phrase when you when you said this is what they've been trying to do the whole time. And I remember our discussion from the beginning of the year when you were saying how the Bears should run their offense, and I'm like, but see, this is what they've been doing for the longest. Right, it just hasn't. When it works, right. it works. When it doesn't work, it looks it looks like it's not the game plan. Yeah, that that's exactly what it looks like. It looks like it's not the game plan. Shout out to Jimmy Clausen, by the way, actually knows how to run that offense. <laughs> no shout out to Mac Clayton. Shout out to Terry. Shout out to, to, to McCaskey and Terry for getting for dumping everybody, man. Well, you know what? That's a nice segue. That's a nice segue train because I did want to get your thoughts, um, which I'm sure will be brief because <laughs> all you can do is kind of like all, all you all you can do is uh, wait a minute, hold on. This is this is what you probably will do, right? Um, you know your 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 GM gone. Um, your defensive coordinator is still employed, but you know I guess it's more likely gone. Yeah, I was going to say that could be based on who they hire. Um, I'm going to assume you're very pleased with that based on our conversations for the last few weeks. But um, so, so we'll skip that question and move on to do you have any idea on who they're looking at? And if not, your thoughts on your next head coach for the Chicago Bears. And second question to that is what would you do if, if you get the head coach that you want should he try to fix Jay Cutler? Forget salary cap. I'm just looking at personnel. Uh-huh. It's going to cost money. Would you try to fix Jay Cutler or would you let him go? So who do you want for a head coach and what about Jay Cutler? Man, uh, as far as head coach, man, it's – um, um uh, I, I'll, take, I'll take anyone from, from Pete Carroll's uh, group of folks. I'll take anyone from over there. I'll even take – the people from anyone that's available inside of the San Francisco organization. I don't understand what happened with Jim Harbaugh, but I know what that team was doing before this year happened, and uh, uh, quite a bit of success came from their their coordinators. Um, I like the tenacity of Rex Ryan. It'll it'll make for interesting um, press conferences before and after games. <laughs> but I want to coach with some grit. They even said Mike Singletary was interested in the job. Mm, his first head coaching stint didn't look good, but you know you 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 never know. The the main thing um, that I saw in in some of the the press that I read and that I totally agree with is Chicago needs an identity, and they need it bad. With Lovey Smith, yeah, we 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 went to Super Bowl one year. We went back to the NFC Championship. We had a we we, we didn't have a as much success as you would have liked to have. But Chicago still had an identity for his for the entirety of his uh, of, of of his coaching resume there in Chicago. We had an identity. You knew what we were about when we hit the field. You have no clue what this team is about going and starting to go into next year. So, um, yeah, not, just not not sure as far as pinpointing a coach, but definitely looking for someone to give us a freaking identity, whether it's offense or defense, preferably defense. Uh, but you know, one that's 
that that other that opposing teams will 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 you know lose sleep over. Secondly, no, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't bring in a coach that wants to call Jay Cutler. And you bring in a head coach that. So huh? so you don't so you don't want Mike Shanahan. Uh, no, a- absolutely not. Okay. No, no, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm not. I'm I'm done with with calling Jay Cutler. Um, you know, we always talk about how closely we follow our teams. I follow this dude. I was excited when Chicago got him because I knew we had, I knew what potential we had, and, and no one can argue with Jay Cutler's potential. Why? Because people have seen it. You've seen this guy's arm. You've seen this guy's ability to make plays. Uh, but when you watch every game and you look at what he was before he got that contract and what, how he played after he got that contract, when I say he doesn't care, the dude really doesn't care. Has he ever uh, cared, Huh? Has he ever cared? I mean, Jake Keller just always has seemed so aloof. Like I just said, you have to you have to watch the games. You 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 just like T talk about his Cowboys. You don't watch as many games as of, of Chicago as I do. Uh, I watch all of them. And when before his contract, uh, when you go, I'm not talking about him caring when you get to the sideline and everyone's watching him. On the sideline, the camera constantly staring at him. He has this poker look on his face. That's not what I'm talking about. Gotcha. I'm talking about when he's actually under center and he's dropping back to pass the ball. You can see him trying. You can see him pushing hard. You can see him not giving up on the play. You didn't see any of that this year. None of it. Jake Cutler did one. I agree with you, by the way. I thought it was oh. worth speaking sideline I never cared what they said about him on the sidelines, like ever. I wouldn't even argue any of that. None of that mattered to me. It mattered when he got under center what he did. And under center, before his big payday, this guy this guy tried. Okay? And, and sometimes he was successful, sometimes he wasn't, but he tried. That's a problem for me. And I don't yeah. care who they bring in, you come in, you have all these other guys around him. You have two number one receivers. You have a good tight end. You have a top running back in the league. You have some pieces on the offensive line that you can you you can you can build on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You have some talented pieces on defense. The team can compete. It did the year before. Why why a major drop off the next year when nothing changed? That that doesn't make sense. So when you look well, at the offense, as as much as as much as I did name uh, uh, DeMarco Murray MVP, I understand exactly what T is talking about. Your quarterback has to play well for you to win. And dude didn't play well for us to win. The whole time. And you're, and you're making – you really are making my point because I believe oh, absolutely. Matt Forte – Oh, absolutely. I know. I, didn't, Matt you know I, I, like a, yeah. didn't Matt Forte set like a receiving record for running backs this year? Broker broke uh, over over a hundred. I think he had to break a hundred and one. He had over a hundred and one catches at, at, at running back. I mean, he had a phenomenal season, but right, we didn't we didn't win games. I think right. it's also a failure of Jay Keller uh, executing the offense appropriately. Though. He's kind of kind of giving up and just dumping it off, not making his proper reads. I have a quick question, Trent, for you. Um, if Jay Keller's back. 
I first I personally think he should be the one that should have went. But if he is back, you still wouldn't want a Shanahan provided the team is going to stick it out with him. Does that that doesn't change the the, the thing for you at all? I want a no. You understand something, man? I want a coach that will coach our entire team. Right. I don't. I don't want a once. I don't. I don't want a once. If if they feel like Shanahan is that guy that can coach the entire team, fine. We roll with him. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying maybe he can fix Jay Cutler. I can care less about fixing Jay Cutler. What I care is he's surrounded by talent and he's unable to get these guys the ball. Whose fault is that? Yeah. And when I look at it, to me, it falls more on the quarterback than it does than it does on them. Brandon Marshall one on one is basically like this by one on one. You you throwing the ball. I don't care what position that defender is in. You just throw the ball. Let him do yeah. what he do. I agree. Alshon Jeffries won. Yeah, ball. even Alshon to a lesser degree, yeah. Let's, yeah. Let them yeah. do what yeah. they do. Don't hold the ball. Don't make throwaway, throwaway plays. Who just throws the ball out of bounds just for the hell of it? And then say, well, that was the best that's just the best I could do with it. No, it couldn't. No. You mean tell me, me we got – Go go ahead, T. I'm sorry. No, 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 that's okay. I just want to just one thing. I want to I want to just kind of disagree with you on though. You've always kind of said I don't care about how he is when he's on the sideline, and I've always taken exception to how he is on the sideline, just like I did with Cam Newton, because he's the mm-hmm. quarterback, because he's the mm-hmm. leader of the team. It matters, and I think that when you say what's the difference, you know, I think in time. It wears on your teammates. You know, there are times that you look around. When you think about just leadership in general, right, there's a mm-hmm. lot of different ways to lead. But action is a way to lead, right? You lead with your actions. If you're not mm-hmm. vocal, you can still lead with actions and what you do. So you come off the field mm-hmm. and you had a bad drive, you threw an interception, you, you didn't convert that third down, and you go and you sit down and you put your baseball cap on and you sit there like nothing. Where's the inspiration? Where's the, you know, your, your offensive line is looking at you. Your wide receiver, everybody's looking at you to say, okay, we're going to get him next time. Or he just goes and he sits there with that same stupid look on his face, you know, like, like, like nothing phases him. Like it just wasn't a big deal. Oh, well. And he's been that way at least. I watched him more in Chicago because being out here in Northeast, I get, I get, I watch more NFC games than AFC games. So I've watched him more in Chicago than I did in Denver. But in Chicago, I've seen that consistently, you know. And, I, and I'm not saying that he doesn't show ever show emotion, but I'm just saying that I think it matters. I think, you know, you've, you've got these – are, these are grown men, okay? These are men that you're leading. And if you're going to be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears – now, we're not, this is one of the most storied franchises in the NFL, okay? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're going to sit there – and you're you're gonna you're gonna lead this team. This is the team we're talking about right here. This is the team we talking about. <laughs> all right, all I can give you because you can't even make playoffs, so I can't give you more. But anyway, but, but my but my point is, <laughs> my point is, is you you got You know, Jim McMahon for with anything you can say about Jim McMahon, right? The the, the Roselle shirt and all that stuff. That guy was a leader. Okay, that guy was a leader on that team. You know what I mean? And you need and, and, and Walter Payton was a leader, quiet leader, but he was a leader, right? You don't have that with Jay Cutler. You don't. You, and, and I think that's a problem too. 
along with everything else that you've identified, I think that that is a huge problem that he doesn't understand. I mean, when you look at that team now and you say who's the leader on that team, I bet you the first person that comes to mind is Brandon Marshall. Mm-hmm. And why mm-hmm. is that? Hey, yes. because, he, because he's the one on the sideline pumping everybody up. He's the one in a post-game interview, you know, well, we're going to have to work hard. He's the one saying all the things that Jay Cutler need to be saying. Here, here's what I here's what I say to that T. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with what you with what you're saying, as far as what a leader should be. Um, uh, the only thing I say is, last year when he did it and he went to the sideline and he put on that baseball cap and he looked like he didn't care. When he came in the next play, we went downfield for a score. Mm-hmm. You that's that that was the that was the biggest difference. Even though even though it didn't show on the sideline, it showed on the field. This year, okay. it, it it transpired on the field. Mm-hmm. It was like he still had on the baseball cap instead of his helmet. So right. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I saw the play on the field, and when you see the play on the field, you know better than your attitude on on the sideline. You can almost live with that when your team is winning games. You can almost live with it. Yeah, you want it to be better, but hey, sometimes you you get what you get. But well, yeah, uh, yeah. when it's like but it I is think, this year, yeah. But I think when you're looking at long term, I think you know you lose the sideline. You still got the, the motivation mm-hmm. on the field, but you lose the sideline motivation, and then next you lose the on-field motivation. Now you got nothing. You know what I mean? And 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 yet everyone else is still fighting, and it looks like he's not. You know, and that's just but you know what? But you know what we had in the previous years that that balanced that, right? We had Brian Erlacher. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we that's had true. we had those guys on defense: Brian Erlacher, Lance Briggs, Charles Tillman. That yeah. that balanced all of that. So players never. I mean, when the defense would come off with a turnover, it was like, dude, go go get it. We just hey, we we just we just shortened the field for you. You got twenty yards to go. Go do it. Matter of fact, the next time we'll score for you. So when you have that, you have the balance. When you lose that, when we lost that leadership on defense, man, where where where, where, where was it turned to? Everything was turned towards the offense. Trey, that's that's really what leads to the point of you know that Erlacher's not coming back. It's not like he had right? a season and an injury. He retired. And everybody knew he retired. Who's gonna fill that void? That was his perfect opportunity him being colored to step up and fill that void. And I'm not saying he has to be uh, demonstrative and, and flamboyant. He can still maintain the same style of personality, but just be mm-hmm. more forceful in stepping up front to the plate, claiming his team instead of having someone anointed to him. I think that's the biggest difference here when you see with other teams, you see like a Peyton yeah, Manning or Aaron Rodgers. These folks, they go ahead and they take the leadership. They, they take that responsibility. And, and Cutler had that same opportunity going into a year where he signed the big money. Erlach is no longer there. There is a bit of a void in, in leadership. Prime time to take it, and he never really did take it. And, I, and I mean, in person, for me, that, that's the problem that I have is when you know there's a void in leadership and you don't assume it, and you're the quarterback of a storage franchise and you just got a, a big paycheck, you should yeah. take that automatically. Yeah, I mean that that a couple with coupled with with his play. I'm I'm definitely looking for someone to come in and just bring in their own thing. Bring in if you know I don't 
I, I do not expect expect this expect him to be the the only talented quarterback or potentially talented quarterback sitting on our roster come next season. I expect mm-hmm. whoever it comes in to bring in a quarterback with him. They, they have to because as everybody was talking, you know, I like to listen and then do my research as everybody's talking. And I, and I happen to go back and take a look at all 16 games this year. And you think about the talent of Forte. You think about the talent of Brandon Marshall. You think about the talent mm-hmm. of Alshon Jeffrey. This team mm-hmm. was only able to muster up at most 28 points in any given game this year. And from what I see, they did that twice. One in a win against San Francisco week two, one in a loss against the Cowboys in week 14. Now you talk yeah. about all that offensive power that they that they can put on the play at any given time, and they can only muster 28 points at the most. That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, it, exactly. it, you think about it. All the all the talent in the world on offense. You've got Forte who can run, catch, he can do it all. He is a complete back if there ever was one. You've got Alshon Jeffrey, a, a beast, and he's young. It's not like he's been around 10, 15 years. He's in it. I think it's going to be his fourth year now coming up. You got, you got Brandon Marshall, and, and all you can do is 28 points. That that goes to the head coach, offensive coordinator, and the quarterback. Now, yeah. the head coach is gone, offensive coordinator should be getting pretty nervous like a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. The head, coach, coach he was, the head coach was the offensive coordinator. He's the guy who called the plays. Thank you. In our, in our situation. Two down. Two down. Yeah. That, that two down, one to go. So right. you're right. Cutler has to go. They got to bring somebody else in because 28 points in any given uh, game, and that's all you can do with that kind of talent. That's the, you got to go. And, and the defense suffered because the offense couldn't muster up the points. And I was going to make the point about the Cowboys, uh, but we kind of switched gears. But the fact that the running game of the Cowboys was able to keep the defense off the field certainly helped quite a bit, and also Loma's execution helped the, the defense stay off the field. You needed that same thing that happened in Chicago. They're just yeah. a suspect. You don't call the right play. You don't sustain drives. You keep your offense on the field for a short amount of time. Your defense has to go out there and get pummeled every week. And my last, my last point to let you know that that our team had hit rock bottom. You know, through all our games we played this season, I mean, we even got 50 points put up on us twice. But the game that told the story for Chicago was the New Orleans game. Out of all the teams in the NFL this season. New Orleans was at the bottom of the barrel as far as teams being able to move the ball and score on them. We were the only team that they played this season that couldn't do that. With all the talent we had, the only team that we couldn't did that couldn't do that. And, 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 and I, I agree with you. I, I believe that same game would be the point to hit rock bottom, especially when the previous week they played Dallas on a Thursday and they had 11 days to prepare for a New Orleans team. That really wasn't playing like the only team that we're used to seeing through the course of the year. Exactly. And they were playing at home. And then they, they came back and made the game a, a bit of a fight against the Cowboys. You would think that same type of intensity would transfer and, and follow through into the next game, and they just put out a complete dud. So I agree with you 100% on that one, too. That that was the, the rock-bottom point. All right. All right. Well, well we're going to move on from the Bears, and – we we probably won't talk about them again until they uh, hire a head coach. So sorry, Train, but they're not in the playoffs. Um, and Train, just hey, I don't, home. hey, I don't mind. I'll be watching closely. I don't know who they're gonna go for first, a GM or a head coach, but your your co your co-host uh, K Star said that it was appropriate that um, you were late coming on to the show because the Bears weren't in the playoffs. 
And I know you are, bro. And this is a playoff <laughs> show. I don't even understand how that equates, but okay. Because <laughs> it's, it's a playoff show, so and the Bears aren't in the playoffs. So. Um, oh, 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 okay. You see okay. what I did? Okay, then. I really shouldn't be here then, huh? Yeah. Nah, nah, I'm I teasing. told him. I said, I'm telling. Um, all right, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's really not much to talk about as far as coaches and GMs. Um, we watch it, and, and as people are hired, um, but, you know, we just talked about the Bears. Um, Raiders are looking for a head coach. The Jets fired their GM and their head coach. Falcons fired their um, head coach. 49ers um, um, parted ways with uh, their head coach. Um, why Why this had to get, like, he's going to Michigan. So what? Bye. I mean, I, I mean, they've covered this on NFL Network, the whole press conference. He's going to, back to Michigan, and, you know, one of his, his alma mater. And, all, you know, I, I, I mean, let's move on. Bye. Good luck. I'm sure you'll do fine. You're a great coach. But it, it was just, to me, it was way too much press over this. Like, you know, guy, guy didn't deserve all that. He didn't win a Super Bowl. He's not, you know, he's not, going to, he's not going to the NFL Hall of Fame. He was a good coach for a few years. You know, average player, good coach. Bye. Um, <laughs> but right now there are five openings. Um, uh, Coughlin has been told that he will be back. Um Gruden, it appears, will be back over in Washington. Um, so mm-hmm. it doesn't appear at this point that, 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 there, that there are any more firings. But, you know, you just never know. Um, but we will keep an eye on it, and we will keep an eye on hirings and promoting. And it's just too early. It was just yesterday that all this happened. There really isn't a lot uh, other than Harbaugh going to Michigan. That's really it. We really don't know anything else. Um, a lot of people are calling and asking, you know, this defensive coordinator and that offense coordinator and, you know, but let's just see what happens over the next few weeks and uh, we'll be talking about it on the show. Um, before we get into the playoff picks and the power rankings, um, this is kind of a question that, um, I don't know, I was thinking about this today and I thought, well, let me ask my, my, my esteemed colleagues. Um, who do you think is the hottest team entering the playoffs right now. And I'm going to give you the ones I think are the hottest. You can pick any team you want, but these are the, these are the four teams that I think are rolling in the hottest in the NFL right now into the playoffs. Um, the Steelers, the Seahawks, the Panthers, and the Dallas Cowboys. I think those are the four hottest teams um, rolling into the playoffs right now. Um, so I'm going to start with JP, JB, JP, because JP isn't here, but JB is here. And Train, I don't know if you know this, but uh, JB actually surprised us all with a visit home. So we are actually co-hosting live again. Um, so oh, no wonder I hit the double voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, got yes, it. Sir. Two for the price of one, baby. Yeah, <laughs> about, it's about awesome, four feet apart. With a little, little cocktail and uh, you know just 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 doing what we do. Um, but uh, I'll start with JB, and you don't have to pick one of those four teams. But I figured I'd give you guys something to think about. But if you had to pick a team and say who's going in on a roll, the the kind of the hottest team right now, who do you think? No, no I'm glad you chose those four because those are the same four that I was thinking about, and. Quite frankly, I think the Seahawks are the ones that are the hottest team right now. Six in a row, they're peaking. They're they're playing well at home and on the road. The defense is looking a lot like it did last year. 
Marshawn Lynch is, is showing beast mode, and Wilson looks to be a more, uh, I guess, polished quarterback, if you will. He seems to be making better decisions than he had in the past, and, and that, that's astonishing because he was making very good decisions because they're the, the, the reigning Super Bowl champs. Uh, I think they're the hottest team, not the scariest, but I will say they're the hottest team right now. Okay. Dr. Train. Man, the four you mentioned were pretty good. Actually, my my mind does fall within that within that four. Uh, maybe a bit to your to your surprise, but if I had to pick a team, and um, I'm kind of making direct comparison to how they finished this year versus last year, I kind of like I kind of like Dallas, man. Um, how have a lot of familiarity with with Rod Marinelli. He's 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 taking advantage of the fact that the offense is able to control the ball, and the defense is, is has gotten better as the season as the season has has progressed. And the fact that you you win games the way you got uh, the way Dallas won down the stretch in December, uh, I think that's huge. Going into going into the playoffs, and and you don't you don't have no bye week to slow you down. It's like straight to the next game. Let's let's just let's keep it going. I mean, bye week can be good or bad depending on the team, but you know the fact that you have no bye week slows slows you down. I I know it can help, you know, but at the same time, it's 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 momentum, it's momentum moving forward, you know, and with uh, with the gritty team like Detroit coming in coming into the house and uh, Dallas being able to. You know, finally get that anchor of winning at home. Yeah, I I I, I like Dallas going in as far as the hot yeah. team. All right. <sighs> okay, Star. Who do you think is the hottest team rolling into the playoffs? <laughs> I don't know why you I don't know why you, you you phrased the question in that tone, but uh, it's the Seahawks, it's the Cowboys and Steelers. The Cowboys and Steelers have won seven of their last nine, and then the Seahawks are still like the best team in the you know. The NFL right now, uh, defensively, they're back to their Super Bowl swag that they had last season. I'm sorry. Can you find Can you find uh, K Star for me, please? I don't think uh, I, I, I actually got a non-homer answer from him. Um, wow, that's amazing. Um, Hottest team? He did not say the Steelers. <laughs> well, the real K Star, please stand up. No, no, no. I said I, no, no, no. I said the Seahawks, Cowboys, and the Steelers. Chill. You got to pick one, yeah, man. Pick one. One. This is- I'm going to take the Seahawks then. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, wow. I think any four of these teams, my homerism would say the Cowboys, but I think I would pick them because they played a December where they normally over the last few years have just fallen flat, and they were 4-0 in December, 40 points a game. I mean, it was an insane December. But that said, I'm going to tell you, I got to lean towards the Panthers. Panthers scare the bejesus out of me right now. Cam, I said this when it happened. I said it when it happened before he even got on the field. Now everybody's saying it. Really, it irritates me when we on the Madden voice originate stuff that one of us four will originate, like uh, 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 trains four horsemen. Then I hear it on first take. It's it's, it's annoying when we originate something here, and then I hear it on mainstream TV, and we don't get credited. But I said before he played one game, I said, and you guys will vouch for me, I said, you know, I saw his interview, and oh, my God, that is a different guy when he interviewed after that car accident. And 
if that's who he's going to be, it could be the best thing that ever happened to him. And guess what? He is back to the Cam Newton of his rookie year. He's got a pep in his step. He's happy to be playing football. He's being a, he's playing well. And, I mean, they went into Atlanta and just annihilated the Falcons in their stadium. Wasn't even a game. It was just pathetic. So while I would vote for the Cowboys based on their history, and then this December was just was just in, in, insane. And I even wait a minute. Let me see. I found I even found something that um that um what did, what did I do with it? I have it here. I have it here. Oh, okay. Here it is. Um. Oh no, that's not it. Never mind. Never mind. I thought I thought it was December. I had a slide ahead to Cowboys December set. I still think they are, but I got to tell you, the Panthers scare me. The Panthers are going to beat the Cardinals. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, and then they're going to go to Seattle, and I don't know. I know Seattle's hot. I know Seattle's on a roll, but I don't think anyone in Carolina is going to care. I don't think there's going to be any fear out of them boys. Cam, New- Cam Newton crawled out of a car, out of a truck, that he said, I should have died. Do you think he's afraid to go to Seattle and play the Seahawks? Ah! <laughs> what did Bernie Mac say? We can't say it because we, we got we to. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't say it. But um, you guys you guys got to just Google Bernie Mac at uh, Def Comedy Jam, and you'll know what we talk about. All right. Anyway, um, good discussion. All right. Let's do uh, power rankings. And uh, 347-838-9525, 347-838-9525. Facebook is, is um, the Madden Voice, and uh, Twitter is also the Madden Voice. So uh, feel free to, to, to drop us a line. Um, all right, so power rankings. Uh, let me switch over to power rankings. So, um, you know, there's five, 12, and four teams. And so... Pretty much when you look at par rankings, um, it really is just juggling those those five, 12, and 14s, except one of our co-hosts decided to not just use the 12 and 4 teams and actually slipped in an 11 and 5 team as his fifth-ranked team to end the regular season par rankings. So before we before – we, um, <laughs> Uh, reveal our final end of the season par rankings. I got to ask you, K Star. Um, you, you have the Steelers at number five, and you do not have the Broncos on your list at all. Nope. Um, help me understand because you you had you, you didn't have the Steelers last week. Oh, you know what? You didn't send one in last week. Never mind. That's right. You can't pin me and down. Yeah. No, you haven't sent one in in three weeks. Okay. Never mind. Um, so explain to, to us why you think the Steelers deserve to be ahead of the Broncos and at number five. Well, I mean, when you look at the Broncos, they're not playing very well. I mean, yes, they handled Oakland. They took care of business as they should have. But, uh, this is a team that we talked about last week, uh, from an offensive philosophy standpoint, have done a complete 180 and they haven't been more effective because of it. Um, you know, Peyton Manning is not playing well. Uh, and you see that offense production dipping. Uh, the defense, meanwhile, um, while they have mostly have played well, they had issues uh, stopping the run, which we haven't seen in a while, uh, with with Jeremy Hill. And when you look at the Steelers, they're one of the hottest teams coming in. 
Um, this is a team, although they have one less win, I would say has been playing better certainly over the second half of the season than the Denver Broncos have. And I feel that they're just a better team today, um, you know, than the Broncos are. And there's no homerism in there. No, I mean, hell, you can look at last week when the Broncos lost to, you know, at Cincinnati. And, then, you know, the, the, the Steelers swept the Bengals and, and took care of business. Um, Train, what do you think? You, 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 you certainly didn't agree with your rankings. You had the Broncos at five. Um, K-Star makes sense to you, or is he being a homer? Um, uh, yeah, he's been a homer. He does make a bit of sense, but he's still been a homer. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, JB, does K-Star make sense to you, or is he being a homer? <laughs> I'm sorry, that just caught me on guard. That train. Um, your, your points are valid, um, but I was hoping to hear a little bit more. Uh, I, yeah, that's a little bit of a home run for me. I was hoping to hear something more substantial, um, something that would really nail it home, and I didn't get it. So, yeah, home run. Final end of the season par rankings, and this will be the last par rankings we do. Um, and our number five team, which actually sat at number one for a while this year, uh, the Denver Broncos at number five. Um, actually, all of these teams have held the number one position uh, at least one, at least for one week this year. Broncos at number five, the Green Bay Packers at number four, the Dallas Cowboys finished the regular season as the number three ranked team by the Madden voice and, and show up on our rankings um, either two or three, depending on who you ask. So very solid finish of the year for the Cowboys. Uh, Seattle Seahawks at number two and the New England Patriots end the season at number one. Now, um, the vote between Seattle, New England, and Dallas was very close. Um, when you look at how we do the points here, Seattle and New England each had 16 points. Dallas had 14. The reason New England will finish ahead is because New England was number one last week. So a tie will go to whoever was in first place. Not going to dethrone the first place team to a tie. So New England was first place last week, so they finished the regular season first place. Seattle um, is in second place, and the Cowboys right on their heels. Um, third place with 10 with 10 points or 10 votes so um good stuff great uh um uh how do i say it? great power rankings and uh, we will do it again next year starting week five or six something like that but good power rankings um all right um i didn't uh, uh, uh case uh train do you have the picks i have them i just have to it'll take me a second to get to them do you have them or not yeah i have them Right. Yes. Yes, I do have them. Sorry. All right. All right. Go ahead and uh, um, go through our picks from last week. All right. 
Tallying up our final pick six extravaganza. Ah, well, I do it from the bottom up uh, for the final score. But for last week, week week seventeen, uh, train comes in at two and five. Mm. Couldn't make my last push to get on top. Almost every team I chose lost. Uh, T in at five and two. Uh, little big brother Jay at six and one, and and congratulations, K Star, seven and zero, oh. perfect. That's like the best weekly we've had all season. Had to had to pick it up after last week. I didn't get some of my picks, and it was it was crunch time. Next next time you learn, get your picks in. So uh, <laughs> for our total of the of the, the for the season, uh, train comes in at the bottom. Fifty-nine and forty-three. Um, Little brother J and T tied at sixty-six and thirty-six. He And K Star wins it all. Yeah. Uh, plus two, sixty-eight and thirty-four. Now, congratulations. Now, you know, I, now, now, let me let me let me let me pause you on the congratulations. Is there a reason why we're not going to stop and not continue this to the playoffs? Or uh, are you just saying? Are you just I saying? I think the playoffs will be like. Hey I I man, I already won this twice. As far as I'm concerned, I, I just playoffs will be uh, 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 separate. I was going to treat it like a um, um, a March Madness point system. Oh, you're just coming up with your own little. You ain't tell nobody nothing. Just, you're just creating stuff. Not <laughs> when I said January anybody. Madness, you was like, yeah, 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 January Madness. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe when, not when did like you say that. that? I said it at the end of the last show. You said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." January Madness. I think you were just agreeing with the term, not necessarily with maybe the thoughts I had in my head. But all right, all right. Let's talk. Let's talk. I mean, all I'm, I know is that uh, at some point early on in the season, I was told that there was dirt being thrown on me, and now all of a sudden I'm jumped up to only two games behind the leader. <laughs> Mute him. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Cricket's all I heard from that one. Well, I, I will say that on our um, on our other pickums that we did, uh, that some people dropped out during the season and stopped making their picks, but uh, several of us did continue to throughout the year. And uh, I know I did. They were, yeah, uh, there were eighteen of us signed up, um, and not every, not all eighteen picked all sixteen weeks, but uh, I did. Uh, Pimmer did, JB did. There's a handful of others that I know picked, and uh, I will I will toot my own horn that I finished a regular season number one um, on, on that pick'em. But that's going to continue I, too. That's going to that's going to continue through wild card and divisional and all that. So um, so I I think we should try to do something similar. But we can talk about it offline. But um, good job, K Star. You know, good good. Appreciate good it. You know, there's a reason why we have him uh, here on the show. <laughs> I do want to say real quick. I want to pat on back on one pick in particular last week was the Chiefs Chargers. I actually re-listened to the show because I, I thought I went seven to zero, but I wanted to confirm it. Being a competitor that I am, but one thing I had to say was uh, I brought Justin Houston's name, and I felt like he was going to pressure Rivers all day. And this dude had like four sacks, he was just absolute animal. And so I was kind of proud of that pick. Good pick. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Good pick. All right, let's look at the playoff games. Here we are. Playoff time is here. 2015 is is here. Uh, New Year's is you know we are we are 25 and a half hours away from uh, starting 2015, 
and we can celebrate 2015 with uh, four playoffs. Um, every one of these games, um, you know, these are good games. There's, there's no gimmies here. There's no clear-cut favorites in any of these games, if you ask me. Um, so nice, nice wild-card weekend, I got to tell you. Uh, if you're a football fan, I mean, you better go get go get your wings and get your get your refreshments, you know, get your, your Bruce Keys and whatever, and get 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 ready because, you know, I've said it for four months, it's over. <laughs> Twenty of you no longer can watch your team. You got to wait now until next year, um, but at least you still have football to watch. So you better enjoy it because we're only about five or six weeks, and then it's over, then it's done. So get it while you can. Uh, first game is Saturday, 4.30 on ESPN. The Arizona Cardinals, who some thought were in lock as a number one seed. A few weeks ago, we were hearing that. And um, they are 11-5, and five, and they are traveling to Carolina to play the 7-8-1 and one Carolina Panthers. And we've had a lot of debate on seeding and, and, you know, what should the NFL do in the future with situations like this. But we do know what's going to happen is this team won the division. They are getting a home game against a team that a few weeks ago was the number one seed in the NFL. It's amazing how things change in the last month. Um, That said, uh, let me start with K-Star on this one. Who do you got and why? I have the Panthers. Uh, You just look at the dip in in play the Cardinals have had over the last month of the season. Last two months, really, but and you look at how you know where, where Carolina is trending. They've been on fire. They're one of the hottest teams, and it's because the defensive pass rush is is back that they had uh, uh, so heavily relied on last season. But also because Cam Newton's play has elevated, and as you said earlier, uh, has has picked up due to you know him getting like a second lease on life, a second chance, and taking the full advantage of man. And um, happy to see that as a Cam Newton fan myself, but. I think it carries over into Carolina, and, and they win this playoff game. Uh, so I pick the Panthers. All right. Dr. Train. Man, to put it simply, dude, um, Arizona Arizona just don't have enough. You know, uh, Panthers are hot, but um, that quarterback position, it doesn't have to be – it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily have to be the best player on your team, but it's got to be an important. It's got to be a good player, and and that Arizona don't have it. So there's no way I can I can I can pick them. They're gonna play defense. They're gonna play hard, but it's still not gonna be enough. So I, I would have to go with Carolina. JB. Yeah, I'm going to Carolina also. They've won four straight playing at home. Cam's a different player now than he was earlier this year. I think we've already touched upon that. And the, the quarterback carousel of the Cardinals concerns me on, on the offensive side of the ball, not to mention the running game has been suspect. The defense has still been stout, but I really don't think it's going to be enough to, to knock off the Panthers, especially playing at home. So I'm going to take the Panthers. Um. Oh, it's unanimous, Panthers. Um, you know, and, and and let me say something about Arizona. I think the hype over Arians is 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 just at its height. I think his approach was flawed this year. I think when you come out to a team and you say 
You don't want anyone dressing in your locker room in February. Um, I think it's too much pressure. You know, I, I don't think you worry about February and September. I, I don't think, you know, when, they, when uh, Carson Palmer went down and they asked him about Drew Stanton, his response was, we could win a Super Bowl with Drew Stanton. You know, it's too much pressure. You, you've not, you as a head coach, you have not been there yet. Um, I don't know that there's anyone on your team, and we'd have to go through the roster, but uh, not, nobody on that team, uh, let me see, maybe Fitzgerald might be maybe the only one that played in a Super Bowl. Um, you know, the, the, the bulk of your team hasn't been there yet. You know, so it just, it felt to me like it was too much pressure. People uh, commended him, and I'm sitting there saying, no, no, it's, you don't talk Super Bowl. You talk, we're going to win this week. We're going to compete this week. You don't look ahead. And I think it, it imploded down the stretch. Now, I will agree. You know, it, it didn't hurt. It didn't help that they lost Carson Palmer. But he didn't stop. I saw him in interviews a couple of weeks ago. And he was asked about, you know, Super Bowl's here. Do you want to be the first team to play Super Bowl in your stadium? He said, well, that's the plan. No. Too much pressure. Not worrying about the Super Bowl right now. We're going to let that – we're worrying about, you know, just like Bill Belichick. Let's give Bill Belichick some credit. You know, you interview Bill when, – when, <laughs> when Brady had that bad game and they came on and they were asking, and, of course, they asked, you know, do you think you need to evaluate the quarterback position? And, and Belichick just looked at the guy and laughed. Really? And then the next thing was, you know, they started talking about, and he said, we're getting ready for – I don't know who they were playing next, but – Whoever they were playing next, maybe it was Kansas City or, or not, they just lost Kansas City. I don't remember who the game was. He's like, we're, we're moving on to Denver. You know, and no matter what question he was asked, we're just getting ready for Denver. We're just getting ready for Denver. So, oh, they're getting ready. It was Cincinnati. Cincinnati, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, Trey. Yes, we're just getting ready for Cincinnati. We're just getting ready. You know, and people made fun of him and made a joke about it, right? But you know what? He was right. He was right. Bruce Arians, man, dude, I'm sorry, bro. I, I don't dislike you. I do like your your um, down-to-earth nature of coaching. But you you missed that one right here. I, I think part of the reason your team imploded, definitely the quarterback issue, there's no doubt about it. But I also think it was pressure. I also think it was pressure. And I think we're going to see the end of their their demise if, if that's this weekend. I think Carolina is playing with house money. They got nothing to lose. They're playing loose. They're playing relaxed. Um, you know, Ron Rivera, not that long ago, was on the hot seat. And um, I think I think he secured his job, especially come in and get a playoff win against Arizona. Oh, yeah, he'll be back next year. Cam's looking good. Jonathan Stewart, you know, I mean, uh, you know. Um, I, it, but it's sad for Arizona because, they, they, you know, it, it would have been interesting with that defense what they might have been able to do with a decent quarterback, but not the case. But anyway, um, so, yeah. Let's go to K-Star first. Uh, K-Star is going to try to sell us all on why the Steelers Saturday night are going to beat the Ravens, even without Le'Veon Bell, assuming he doesn't play, which we don't know. Right. Well, Pittsburgh's at home, 7-1 at home this year, including a six-touchdown drought on the, over the Ravens uh, earlier in the season. Uh, the Steelers led the league in passing this season in yardage, and the Ravens, uh, 32nd in pass defense. So the, the, the favor still falls in Pittsburgh. Uh, 
as far as strengths go for teams, uh, what they do well, Pittsburgh passes the ball well, Ravens secondary not defending it well. Um, and while Le'Veon Bell's injury, I'm just assuming he's not playing major uh, in this matchup, it isn't as significant as it would be against a Denver or New England and so on and so forth. Uh, and for that reason, with Pittsburgh at home, with Big Ben versus Flacco, uh, you know, they've never beaten Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh in the playoffs. And I think that continues again, especially with the defensive uh, play elevating uh, and how ineffective Flacco was last game at, at Pittsburgh. I think that will continue as well. I like Big Ben and the Steelers to hold it down. And no one can still cover Antonio Brown, by the way, especially no one in that secondary. Okay, JB? Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to go to Steelers, too. Um, I was taking a look back at the schedule to see if they had actually swept them because it's difficult to beat a team three straight right. times uh, in one given season, and I thought that they had split. So uh, Steelers at home have been pretty tough. They are um, on a roll, even with Bell probably being out. Uh, I'm still going to give them the edge in this game, so I'm going to go to Steelers. Dr. Train. Well, you know, my pick has conditions. I would like to pick the Steelers. Not picking the Steelers without Le'Veon Bell, though. Sorry. It just doesn't seem smart. So, if Le'Veon Bell plays, I like the Steelers. If he doesn't play, I like the Ravens. Wow. Now, 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 case the train's not asking me, but I'm curious your thoughts on that that pick against your team, uh, um, K Star. If Bell sits, case uh, train saying I'm getting all the names confused. Train is saying he's going to go with the Ravens if Bell sits. What do you what you what are your thoughts? Well, train finished last this season in picks, and quite frankly, it was because he kept picking against the Steelers. So I'm okay with that. Keep it up. <laughs> so you truly believe that your Steelers can beat the Ravens, who did beat the brakes off you one time this season. You got yeah, returned the favor on this season without Le'Veon Bell. Yes, because the Steelers still have one of the best passing games in the league, and the Ravens still have one of the worst secondaries, and we're at home. Wow. Okay. So much for uh, Le'Veon Bell ever winning MVP. He's not that important. <laughs> uh-huh, okay. I want to go that far. I, I, I want to ever hear you say Le'Veon Bell for MVP because it's evident that he is not that important. That's not at all what I'm saying. But It is what you're saying. You're saying, matchup, you're saying arguably, contingent, and that is back, it. And you that's can running back it. in the league uh, about, you know, four weeks ago, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, according to you, is not important in a home playoff game against – your division rival. Wow. I never said he wasn't important. Wow. But based off, no, see, here's you're changing the narrative, and that's adorable. And you can because win without, with, to say you can win without him. In this uh, matchup, it, in this one matchup, yeah, because him. that is, this is the worst secondary trend. Like this me, is the worst we can win secondary him. in the league. This is the worst secondary in the league. Yes. Because of the matchup, right. and that is it. Yes, we can. It's going to be tough. This is We're not going to score it as much as we, we did last time. Certainly, Ben's not going to throw six touchdowns because they're not going to be able to – they're not going to, you know, drop a safety down the box. It's going to make things more difficult. But the Steelers, given, you know, how much of a passing team they are and how successful they've still been, they can get it done. was brought in to try to help you guys, Ben Tate. 
and that does and that does help too. Vente's a good player still. But Hasn't done a thing. I'm not sure how much he'll play. Yeah. You you've been better off keeping Garrett Blount, who you dismissed just because he had Bell smoking weed. But whatever. <laughs> um, I, I, well, I <sighs> <laughs> let me put you this way. Um, this pains me. This this pains me. Because I ain't gonna lie, because K Star talks so much junk, I I be sometimes wanting to see his team lose. Um, I think they can beat the Ravens with or without Bell. Um, I think they're playing high of a level, and I think they have a savvy head coach and a savvy quarterback. And what do I always say when it comes down to it? If you take Bell off that team, it kind of it kind of makes them to me they're pretty close, right? So with Bell, I think it's clearly. You got to go with the Steelers at home with Bell. You take Bell out now; it's kind of wow. Um, hmm. But it's more I, 50, 50. I like. What's that? It's more of a coin flip now without Bell. That's definitely true. That, that's what I'm saying. But I like. I definitely like Big Ben over Flacco any day of the week. That's that's not even a discussion. Um, and and I think the head coaches kind of cancel each other out. I think they're both great coaches. Um, but I like Ben, and I think. And it, Ben's been there. I mean, Flacco's been there too, but Ben's been there. I, I just, I don't know. I, I just put Ben to me, even if he's not four horsemen, even if he's not fab five, he's right there. Okay, we can't deny that. Even if we can dispute, even if I say, okay, forget the four horsemen thing, I'm not putting him as a fab five. I have to admit he's right there. He's right in that conversation. Flacco is not. <laughs> and that's a fact. Flacco is just not, period. And so for that reason, I have to say, even without Bell, um, and bringing in Ben Tate, I think, is a smart move. We talked about this earlier, Trent. I don't think he had gotten on the show yet. Um, but bringing in Ben Tate, he's a veteran. He's had some good games in this league. Um, you know, I don't know how much the offense he can grasp in a week. I don't know how similar the systems are. I don't know. I don't know if they can dummy it down for him and put in, you know, they call a package of plays just for Ben Tate. These are professionals. They make millions of dollars a year. This is what they do. So I'm assuming he's going to be ready to go. As much as, as much as they can get him ready by Saturday, he's going to be ready to go. And, um, and I think he's going to be productive. I don't, think he's, I don't think they brought him in to not be productive if Bell can't play. So um, if they hadn't hired Tate, I might have a little different opinion. But bringing in Tate and then just Ben, just really having a lot of confidence in Ben and how he's been playing over the last few weeks. Yes, Ben has tanked some games this year, which is the only reason why I think he's not in the MVP, MVP conversation. He had the bad game against Tampa. He had the bad game against the Jets. He had great games, too. But, but it just the, the, the range and the peak performance versus the crappy performances, the range was just too much for me to put him in the MVP conversation. Um, as Jay always talked about, consistency. There was a little lack of that during the season. But lately, over the last several weeks, dude's playing at a he, he really is. I think he, what, finished the season 103 quarterback rating, I believe. Um, yeah, you know, he, let a week in passing yeah, yards, 103 right. rating, like you said. 30, Dealer records, touchdowns. you know. And as much as I still would take Des Bryant over Brown, that's not saying Brown ain't the truth. I'm not saying Brown can't play. I watched, I, like I said, I watched the game. I was very impressed with him. Very impressed with him. I got to tell you, I was more impressed with him than I thought I would be. I was like, wow, this dude is shifty. Wow, this dude, that one play where it was almost a play he was run up the sideline and 
he, he almost he did a juke on one defender. They got him the ball, and then he just did his little sidestep, made the second oh, yeah. miss, and he was gone. I was like, damn. <laughs> I mean, damn. I, I, and that was really sweet. I, oh, it was sweet. It was sweet. I, I, I had to sit there and just – I had to rewind it and play that again because I'm like, how did that happen? How did that happen? You know, it made me think of that basketball <laughs> play, Jay, back from, you know, jockey shorts were left there. <laughs> I freaked him with the okie doke. Yep, and that's what he did. That's just like what you did. Um, I'm going to go with the Steelers. I think they are a scary, dangerous team. And in some respects, I'm looking at my Cowboys over in the AFC. There's a lot of similarities. The triplets and, you know, some of the things that they've been able to do, there's a lot of similarities. So um, I, I got to go, go, go with the Steelers. Um, you know, I, I want to play something I haven't played for you guys in a while, but let's see if you guys remember this. Something I was going to use, and then I kind of forgot I even had it. But um, check this out. Welcome to the Mad Boys, hosted by Commissioner E. Dr. Train, K-Star, and our newest host, my younger brother, JV. We're here to talk NFL football at its very best. Tune in every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock sharp Eastern Time. Eastern Time. Eastern Time. Welcome to the Magic Voice, hosted by Commissioner E. Dr. Train, K-Star, and our newest host, my younger brother, JV. We're here to talk NFL football at its very best. Tune in every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock sharp Eastern Time. Eastern Time. Eastern Time. Dr. Our newest host, my younger brother, JV. We're here to talk NFL football at its very best. Tune in every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock sharp Eastern Time. Eastern Time. Eastern Time. Welcome to the Mad Boys, hosted by Commissioner E. Dr. Train, K-Star, and our newest host, my younger brother, JV. We're here to talk NFL. All right. That's another that. jam. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm going to do a few I more of those with different people. What's that? That's pretty all right. Yeah, I like it. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a few more of those with different beats to kind of you know pick up spice up the show. We need more sound effects. We need more music. We need more flow. You know. All right, third game we're going on Sunday, 105 CBS. The Cincinnati Bengals limping into the playoffs um, at the Indianapolis Colts limping into the playoffs. Um, and let's start. Let's go over to K Star since Bengals are in his division. Bengals at the Colts. What do you got? Oh man, um, it's definitely not going to be as much of a blow blowout as a regular season game where the Colts won twenty to zero. It just won't happen again. The defense isn't that good uh, compared to that performance. But I'm still going to go with Indy. Uh, they're going to score points, um, and you know T.Y. Hilton. Listen, he can address a cornerback, and he's going to do it no matter if it's Kirkpatrick or Leon Hall. Uh, he's very shifty as well. Uh, like Antonio Brown is, and Andrew Luck is just the far superior player. Uh, and Indy, you know, they're good at home. They're they're, they're just one at home. This, or, yeah, seven one at home this season, and they've gotten the job done there time and time again. And we've seen the Bengals the past couple seasons lose these kind of games and lose in the first round of the playoffs. I don't see why that's going to change. I think Jeremy Hill has a big game, but I think that the Colts slip by and get the win. Doctor Train. Man, this is actually a tough one for me. It's real tough. I really do like both these teams. 
this is the Colts have been missing something going towards the end of the season. You're talking about a team that looks like they've gone cold at the wrong time of the year. It would have to be them. You know, kind of had an end of season with a gimme game against Tennessee. It's not nothing really major. And they got smacked in the mouth really hard by Dallas the week before. So, um, I, I'm, I'm going to pick the Bengals to get over the hump on the road against the Colts. I think this is the first year that they actually win a playoff game. Now, can you explain to the listeners what hump you're speaking of? Uh, the hump of consistently making to the playoffs, but not winning a playoff game. And that solidifies you as a true playoff team. I mean, they've won a division a couple of years there, and, and, and still they failed to just get over that hump with 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 uh, Marvin Lewis as head coach. And I think this year they get over that hump and they win their, they win a playoff game and, and advance to the next round. Marvin Lewis has exactly zero wins as a head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs. Not so much that I want Dallas to receive any help. 
I just think it was on purpose. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Slow motion shows everything. It's, yep, it's amazing how. Huh? Can you not hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, slow motion shows everything, but um, I just still think is the better uh, and more complete team. Gotta go with Dallas. Um, they've just been too consistent, too much on the roll. Matthew Stafford's been brutal, brutal on the road. And I believe I saw a stat where he's like, oh, and twelve. Uh, against teams with the winning records while on the road or something horrific uh, like that. That. And that would be 0-17. Okay. Oh, my God. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, it's probably 0-18. So, go on the Cowboys. Okay. JB. Cowboys, they're strong. Strong regular season. The fact that they rolled into the playoffs, winning the division, winning important games to go on to the conquest of the division. Uh, take nothing away from Detroit. I think that uh, they have enough firepower in that that uh, front four, even the front seven, for the running game goes is very stout. With the Dominican Sue not serving the uh, the suspension, it's going to be tough for them to run the ball. But at the end of the day, I still take the Cowboys. I think, uh, and I think either Train or or Case uh, I said it, uh, they're they're a more complete team, and I completely agree with that. So I'm going to take the Cowboys. Follow them so closely. Um, they're not confident. They're confident. They're not full of themselves, but they are hungry. Um, you know, they know that they have a golden opportunity to make some noise this year. They know that, that on any given day they have enough talent to beat anybody in the NFL. The, you know, the, one of the consensus teams in the NFL is the Seahawks and Dallas went into Seattle to beat them. I get it. Bobby Wagner and Chancellor didn't play, but we, we didn't have Shirley or DeMarcus Ware. So, I mean, what do you want to do? You know, you know, you know, you go and you play with who you got. We went into their stadium, and nobody else was able to do that this year, even without the, with those players having this game. Um, you know, so I think Dallas has a lot of confidence, but they're not overconfident. I mean, when they won the division, he did a speech in the locker room. Gradually, everybody, good, good job, blah, blah, blah. And he said, listen, and they all had on their NFC East champion hats. He said, he said, I want you to wear your hat till midnight. And then at midnight, I want you to give it to somebody you love because we have our sights on something bigger. And that's been his message all, all season long. You know, not well, not going to dwell on it. One, great. And tomorrow it's back to work. Period. Back to work. You know, and, and, and people criticize him and feel really good that the message has been delivered and that this team is grounded. And and you guys already know it's well documented how I feel about the Lions. I feel a little bit different because sports is gone, and, and I like um, Caldwell. I think he's a good coach, but I'm not a Matthew Stafford fan. If he's on, he lights you up. If he's off, you know, <laughs> game over. You know what I mean? Game over if he's off. So I'm going with the Cowboys, and uh, I feel pretty good about it. Just in case, mm-hmm. just in case y'all didn't hear me. It's wait a minute, where'd it go? Right. How about them Cowboys? Hey, all right. Yeah, okay. How about them Cowboys? The one that didn't even delay. This is a switchboard delay stuff. And you know what? Um, K-Star, just for you. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Can I, can I find it? Where is it? Where is it? K-Star. 
Okay. It's coming. It's coming. We're going to unleash hell here. That's right. One more time. Just for case, sir. We're going to unleash hell here. There you go. All right. All right. All right. How about you do us all a favor, Dad T? Play one for Dr. Train, if you will. I think you know which one I'm talking about. Because Dr. Train, he needs he needs something for his Bears. He he needs a team that he has a shall we say a winner's philosophy. If that, if you know what I'm talking about. I got you. I got you. Here we go. No, no, no. You you don't want me to go much further. Go right ahead. Ask your question. Vernon, Vernon just, uh, it was something that I told everybody at the very beginning of the week. I will not tolerate um, players that think it's about them when it's about the team. And um, we, cannot make, we cannot make decisions that cost the team. And then come off the sideline and it's nonchalant. No. You know what? I, I, this is how I believe, okay? I'm from the old school. I believe this. I would rather play with 10 people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else, rather than play with 11 when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. It is more about them than it is about the team. I cannot play with them, cannot win with them, cannot coach with them, can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. So you train. And this is with Jay Cutler. That's definitely for Jay Cutler. But you know, you could be listening <laughs> to your next, You know, when you hear that clip, and even, even though, though you, get, you get it done in San Francisco, Bill Belichick get it done in Cleveland. Right? Right. So, I so, mean, I mean, you know, you know and let's get Pete Carroll, Patriot head coach. And the New York Jets head coach. coach. Right. Right. And now look at them in Seattle. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I mean maybe, maybe you know, this, is, this is Bears royalty, Mike Singletary, you know, and you definitely need someone that can get that defense popping. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, you know, final words, man. I mean, we got playoffs coming up. Happy New Year to everybody. All that good stuff. K-Star, uh, your closing comments, final words uh, for 2014. And the Madden voice. Uh, it's been a crazy year from a personal standpoint. Um, but also, again, another crazy NFL season. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And I uh, thoroughly enjoy watching the Steelers prove a lot of doubters wrong and win the AFC North. Uh, and I agree. A ton of fun this season with uh, you guys as well, as I always do. And I'm um, looking forward to next year. And, of course, these NFL playoffs. It's time. Maybe, T, we talked about last week, maybe, just maybe, especially if, if Le'Veon's okay. It really depends on him. But we'd love to see a Dallas Cowboys-Pittsburgh Steelers Super Bowl. That would be mm-hmm. the best. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. All right. My man, Dr. Shane, any final thoughts? Well, um, even though my team is not there, still looking forward to good playoff games, man. Um um, I, I predicted last year that all three of our teams will make it. Yeah, it looked like I was two-thirds right, like my picks of the season, two-thirds. So, at least I'm consistent. 
<laughs> but I am looking forward over these next few few weeks to see what happens with my team. I mean, it's a oddly uh, exciting time to be a Bear fan because you have no idea what to expect next at all. But um, uh, it, it, at least it won't be what we had last year or this past year. So good luck to all your teams. And, and K-Star, uh, even though I do question the Steelers winning without Le'Veon Bell, I actually would like to see them win. Uh, I'm, st- I'm still a fan of Mike Tomlin's, even though he kind of flip-flopped on me this season. But I'm, I'm still a big fan of his as a, as a head coach. Good. Good. Sitting across the room from me, your final thoughts. Yeah, actually, uh, for one that really doesn't always have a whole lot to say, this time I do have quite a bit. Uh, my first full season here on the Madden Boys has been obviously terrific, to say the least. Hopefully I've been able to uh, contribute to the, the level of expectations uh, by my other co-hosts here who have obviously held it down for quite a long time, and hopefully I've been able to uh, step right in and, and continue to trend with y'all because I certainly appreciate being here uh, and, and take it very seriously. Secondly, uh, as we sit down again, looking at my brother face-to-face in the confines of, of Pop's mainstay, uh, doing it for the first year without him has been very tough nonetheless, uh, but hopefully, most importantly, he's proud of us and proud of what we're doing because this this has been his year. We dedicated it to him to start the season off, and we're going to continue to push him, his thoughts, his spirit, his legacy, everything he means to us um, through the playoffs and on to the, the following years of the Man of Voice. So, Pop, hope you're proud of us. And, um, yeah, that, that's really it. Good luck with football games. Good luck with the playoffs. And uh, same through. See this all the way to Super Bowl. Looking forward to it. All right. Um uh, I'll be brief. Um, first of all, it's always a pleasure to have my brother uh, locally. Nice surprise to have him in town this week. So uh, that's beautiful. Um, good luck to the Steelers. Okay, sorry, and I mean that. And, um, you know, I think for our show, it would really be something if the Steelers and the Cowboys could pull off two, three seeds, two division champions. Um, facing off in the Super Bowl would be phenomenal if we both could get there for a record four times. Um, you know, it, it really would be something. So, but right now we got to handle our business for this weekend. So, uh, we wish you we do. I got to tell you, feeling of going into January and and actually having a game to play far beats <laughs> what I felt the last four years when the season ended and it was over. And you sit here and you realize there's no more football for your team until September. Uh, it, it, it's not a good feeling at all. So know that I get to watch at least one more game Sunday night. Man, oh, man, it's long over two. So thank you, Dallas, for uh, coming through for us this year. And uh, let's see how long we can keep this going. So, all right. So with that said, uh, we got wild card playoffs this weekend. And I hope everybody enjoys the games. Two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. We will be back here next Tuesday night at 8 o'clock to recap those games and look forward to the division around playoffs. So enjoy football. Dr. Jermaine, and last but not least, my brother JB. Everybody enjoy football. And remember, the Madden voice, just like in the NFL, all things are settled.